and welcome to the program UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about alien infection. That's correct, alien infection. Now, this is the notion that if humans do happen to make contact with aliens, there could be some sort of really catastrophic uh, transmission of virus or bacteria or, or whatever that might be that could see the end of the human race or at least the end of the people that come in contact with these things. And that's a realistic thing to think about, you know, when we talk about Gary Nolan's work out there in Stanford, where he says that the government had him run a study on a 150 or so uh, government government workers who had come in contact with UFOs and UFO material, and of which I think he said 25% had actually succumbed to their injuries and died. It, apparently they had some kind of uh, brain damage incurred by this. We've heard about it in other cases where people have touched UFO craft or come in contact with aliens and had uh, injuries, sometimes recovering, sometimes not. So the, the case specifically that I want to look at is this one from uh, uh, Virginia, uh, Brazil down there in 1996. This is a strange one. It's kind of a involved case. So we'll do a little bit of, of uh, background on it before we talk about the officer who actually was said to have captured one of these aliens, uh, scratched by it, and then later died from these injuries. Very, very dark story, actually. Now, the article comes to us from NewYorkPost.com. It's uh, written October 29, 2022, so what, about six months ago or something. It says, People claim they saw aliens after a UFO crash-landed in Brazil in 1996, documents reveal. It's written by Michael Schellenberger. It says, It sounds like science fiction. On January 13, 1996, the United States Air Force shoots down a UFO which crashes six miles from a medium-sized town in southeastern Brazil. It's funny how the U.S. is always involved in this stuff, isn't it? Seven days later, two sisters aged 14, 16, and a 21-year-old friend spot a tiny, frightened alien with big red eyes crouching by a wall. They run, screaming back to their mother. The Brazilian, the Brazilian police and military capture at least two aliens, one of which scratches an officer, infecting and ultimately killing him before dying along with his extraterrestrial comrades. The U.S. Air Force confiscates the alien bodies and takes them to an unknown location, a vast cover-up by the Brazilian military enforced with death threats lasts for 26 years. Now, some people may find this far-fetched, but... I've done some research in this case, and you can too, and I've watched the interviews with the witnesses, and they all seem extremely sincere and honest to me. Secondly, I just point out, look what happens sometimes when we shoot these craft down, when we use the, you know, the old Wild West theory of shoot first, ask questions later. You know, some, some, some of these craft could have creatures in them that we actually don't want running around unsupervised, and this seems to be the case here. It says, but if it's all made up, it's one of the greatest works of science fiction in history. Most everyone who hears the witnesses tell their story a quarter century later is convinced. Now it says, now a new documentary, Moment of Contact. And I think he's got a second one out now where he talks about this guy being injured, but injured and dying from this alien. But anyway, we'll get to that in a bit. Now a new documentary, Moment of Contact, currently streaming on Amazon and Apple. This was last October. Lays out the most convincing case yet. The extraterrestrials not only exist but have visited and died on Earth. A college professor and amateur ultralight college professor and amateur ultralight pilot named Carlos de Sousa said he witnessed the crash in Varjina, Brazil, 
Arambius Vargina, Brazil, on January 13, 1996. It's got an image of him here. College professor. Now, I just want to point out, why would this guy want to come forward and lie about something like this? You know, he'd have a lot to lose. His social standing could be gone. He could be depersoned in a minute over something like this. In the film, D'Souza describes a spacecraft as the size of a school bus, but shaped like a submarine, with white smoke leaking out of a, net of a gash on its side. He compares the UFO to a malfunctioning washing machine, rocking and jerking around in the sky. It says, D'Souza says he ran to the site of the crash where he saw pieces of metal like a thin aluminum foil spread across the land. He said he picked up a piece of the metal, crumpled it in his hand, and then let it go, at which point he returned at which point it returned to its original shape. Now, of course you're all thinking the same thing I am. This sounds just like Roswell. You got this super metal, you can crunch it up, it's super lightweight, and then once you crunch it into a ball and you let loose of it, it goes back to its original shape. Memory metal, I think it's called. Immediately afterward, he says the military showed up and soldiers started screaming at him to go away. Go away, go away, I'm ordering you, they yelled as one officer held a rifle at his face. Yeah, a UFO crash might not be the best place to be. Seven days later, sisters Lillian and Valkyria Silva and their friend Katayak Xavier were walking through an empty lot in between two houses when they spotted the creature just eight feet away. You can imagine this. So a week later, a week after the crash, this thing's out there running around. It says, I was in front, I was in the front, and they were a little further back. Lillian, who was 16 in 1996, claims in a moment of contact, directed by Jamie Foxx. Passing by here, the graffiti caught my attention. I looked, and I saw the creature. It appeared to be suffering from the heat. It says, when Lillian screamed, I looked and felt fear, said Valkyrie, who was 14 at the time. I looked into its eyes and saw that it was frightened. Just as I was frightened, the creature was also frightened. I saw that it was afraid. It was an exchange of fears. It for ours, afraid of us in the same way we were afraid of it, a being we weren't familiar with. What I saw stopped me in my tracks, says Katia, who was 21 at the time. It glued me to that spot. It had red eyes, oily skin. I couldn't see an open mouth, not smiling, sad expression, shrunken back. It didn't have hair. Eyes three times bigger than ours. After Lillian screamed, she started running away, and the two girls joined her. What we saw wasn't human, and it wasn't an animal either. Nowadays, I do think it was a being from another planet, says Liliana. It wasn't a man, it wasn't an animal. What it was, I can't say, says Valkyria. After we ran for a while, we stopped and asked, and asked what we saw, and then we ran to our mothers. I can't... I came out to meet the girls, their mother Louisa says in the film, because mothers have a sixth sense. They were scared and walking slowly and dragging each other. Now it's got a map here of the UFO crash. It looks like it's about halfway between Belo Horizonte and Sao Paulo, and then Rio de Janeiro kind of form a triangle. And this thing looks like it's, I can't tell how many miles, but it's somewhat inland from uh, the Atlantic Ocean there. We were children of Catholics and thought it could be a demon. That's why we were so scared, said Lillian. Louisa made the girls return home, and when they got back to the spot, their mother saw the footprint in the dirt. Uh, Louisa made the girls return. Oh, I'm sorry. Louisa made the girls return, and when they got back to the spot, their mother saw the footprint in the dirt, which she drew 
for filmmaker Fox, it was a round foot with three long toes. These girls must have been scared to death. The mom makes them go back to where they've seen this thing. For 20 days, I smelled a smell, said Louisa. I couldn't stand the smell. I don't know where it came from. I even washed my nose with alcohol and water. It was an ammonia smell, says Katia. No, it wasn't ammonia, says the mother. It smelled worse than sulfur. What a strange smell. I grabbed Katia and said, let's get out of here. They told their story to the press and were met mostly with ridicule at the time. But the girls have not changed their testimony in the 25 years that passed between the event and the making of the film in 2021. As far as I know, they're still telling the same story in 2023. Now imagine that. These poor girls, they tell this story and all the attempts at depersoning them over the 25 years, 27 years now, have not worked. Six miles away from the crash site, according to the film, the military set up a roadblock, excuse me, a blockade in a residential neighborhood. Sources say the local fire department, which is under the control of military police, captured one of the creatures in the morning, and another officer captured a second near where the three girls had seen it later that afternoon. Now, it's got a picture of one of the officers here, deceased, his mother holding his picture, or his sister rather holding his picture. It says, sources say Marco Cherez in a photo shown by his sister died after one of the creatures scratched him. And then the photo credits David West. What was That was when the creature scratched the young officer, Marco Cherez, who soon grew sick and sought help at the hospital, according to the film. The doctor who treated him said Cherez spoke only about what happened because he feared he was dying and was fighting to survive. Two people who did not participate in moment of contact spoke exclusively to the Post about senior Brazilian officials who told them about their own encounters with the creatures. Now this is important because the Post has gone to the trouble of talking to people that were at that scene, so now you have independent verification of witnesses, of eyewitnesses who were there on the site, telling two different news outlets, yeah, we saw it. It says it was it was skinny, weak, and fragile, said Vittorio Pacini, a civilian UFO investigator, who said he was shown a 35-second film fragment of the creature by a senior officer in 2012. It had brown skin with an oil of grease on the body. It had a big head with red eyes and no pupils. The face was like a reptile, like a frog with strange red eyes, three times bigger than ours, and three protuberances on the top of its head. Wow. I'll read that one more time. So apparently they filmed these things after they were captured. And this is what this investigator is saying. He's seen that he saw a film of this. And his description says, It was skinny, weak, and fragile. It had brown skin with an oil or grease on the body. It had a big head with red eyes and no pupils. The face was like a reptile, like a frog with strange eyes three times bigger than ours, and three protuberances on the top of its head. Pakashini said the creature was alive, but looked like it was about to die. It made a little sound, he said, like a bee. Patricia Fernandez Silver described two creatures that were nearly identical to the one described by Pacini and the three girls. He saw the former sheriff of Virginia, who claimed she was a UFO researcher, invited her into an office building in 2014 where he and four other officers interrogated her for hours. Wow, so she's out snooping around this stuff. She gets called in by somebody who claims her a UFO researcher 
ends up being a sheriff and interrogates her for several hours. That must have been fun. The whole time they were asking me about my relationship to Regina, but I had never investigated the case. I, I knew about it, but it had but I had nothing to do with it. Finally, the senior officer asked the officers to leave the room. It was then that he showed her a color photo shot on film and printed on Kodak paper. The photo, says Silva, were two creatures, one dead and the other crouched in the same way the three girls had described it. It had three, I won't say horns, but three high abscesses on the forehead, she said. He took the picture and said, Are you sure you don't know anything about this day? I looked at the photo. I was scared, but I said no, I had no knowledge. The former sheriff told Silva that his hands had been paralyzed ever since he grabbed the creature by the legs. Oh man. The man's heads were the man's hands were cupped and he struggled and he struggled awkwardly to pull the photo out of an old newspaper he kept in a transparent folder, she said. Unlike Pecachina and the girls, Silva said the eyes of the creature were black, not red, but otherwise she described identical creatures. So this poor man had been injured by this thing. Twenty-five years later, his hands aren't functioning correctly. The mouth was very small, she said. The skin of the, the, skin of the alive one had a shine, but it was not an oily shine. It was kind of gooey, like he just stepped out of a swimming pool. It was wet, damp skin. Pacacini said he has videotaped interviews with at least seven military officers about the encounter that he's keeping in secret locations. After he accused the military of a cover-up, he said hostile drivers on four separate occasions bumped his car on the highway. On the fourth time, two shots were fired at his car. He said he has received hundreds of death threats over the years, and in 2004 he moved to Italy to escape. Can you see what this dynamic is here. They claim that the U.S. shot this thing down. Wouldn't surprise me. And then you have all this clandestine, almost like deep state-like intimidation of these people. You have to look at these situations and see that there's the events that are happening with the UFOs and the aliens or whatever these things are. And then there's this concerted effort by this unknown group of people to cover things up. And while they're covering things up, and not only intimidating witnesses and investigators, but they're intimidating the very people that we depend on and the government to investigate these things for us. It goes on, it says, Moment of contact comes at a moment of heightened interest in UFOs. In 2017, mainstream news media reported reports by Navy pilots of UFOs renamed Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, or UAPs. Now I think they're calling them Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena. Recorded on infrared films. In May of this year, a Navy intelligence officer said the military had a database of 400 UAP incidents, but no evidence that aliens had ever been found. At that time, the military has not. At the same time, the military has not ruled out the UAPs or operated by ETs. In June, NASA announced it was joining the military's investigations into UAPs. Jacques Vallée, an astronomer and leading ufologist, said members of the public are increasingly starting to believe extraterrestrials are real. At the National Cathedral a couple of years ago, the director of the Department of National Intelligence said that this is a subject of science and not just intelligence topic, he told Post. A subject of open science, and the subtext was, no more ridicule, this is a real topic, and nobody has an explanation. I'm just puzzled, I'm just as puzzled as everybody else, he, said, he added, and the Air Force is just as puzzled, and the Navy is just as puzzled. The Air Force didn't say anything, it remembers to the good old days, and may not want to be part of the dialogue. 
Well, maybe they're doing what they're being told to do, and that is to shut up. Wow, very strange. Now, I want to go ahead and delve a little bit deeper into the actual um, death of Marco Cherez, who uh, is said to have captured one of these aliens, physically had it in his hands, and then later died of it. We'll move on here to the next article. Now, I want to finish up here with the actual event surrounding this young man who is said to have died from this alien infection. We've got the background on the crash and the aliens escaping and the possible U.S. involvement, so we'll go ahead and finish up with this. The article comes to us from MysteriousUniverse.org. I find a lot of really good material on that site. It's dated April 20th, 2023 by Paul Seaburn. The title says, The Man Who Touched an Alien at Brazil's Roswell. Newly released forensic reports show a strange bacteria killed him. Wow, so, you know, this is another thing to be concerned about. I mean, it's it's fun to, you know, to study UFOs and talk about them, but we have to be, I think we have to be realistic about this and understand that usually there's two sides to a coin in something like this. I mean, there could be aliens that really don't mean any harm, and there could be some that present some real dangers, and this one certainly did seem to be one of those. It says, on January 20th, 1996... The incident that has become known as Brazil's Roswell began when three young women in Virginia, a major metropolitan city in southeastern Brazil, reported seeing an alien being described as having, a red, as having red eyes, a large head with spots like veins on the skin, and an unsteady bipedal gait that made them think it was injured or sick. This was followed by more reports of aliens and UFO sightings, military presences, witnesses who allegedly filmed aliens being removed from the area, and one young policeman who claimed to have touched one of the extraterrestrials and was infected with a mysterious disease which soon killed him. Details of his experience and death have remained sketchy at best, but documentary filmmaker James Fox managed to finally get detailed reports from witnesses for his 2022 documentary on the Varjina incident called Moment of Contact. Fox returned to Virginia this year and recently announced he has obtained more information from the forensic pathologist who examined the young policeman who allegedly touched an alien. What he found could shed new light on Brazil's Roswell. So you see, we still have stuff coming out about this 25 years later. That's what amazes me about some of these cases. Because on it says, James Fox made the announcement on his Twitter feed of new information on one of the most unusual and well-documented cases of a UFO and extraterrestrial encounter. For those unfamiliar with Brazil's Roswell, the three young witnesses, two sisters aged 14 and 16 and a 21-year-old friend, told their mother that they believed they saw a tiny alien with big red eyes, a thin body and V-shaped feet crouching by a wall. As their story spread, so did another, that a strange cigar-shaped object about the size of a school bus slowly fell from the sky and crashed in a field near Virginia. The many reports varied, with some witnesses claiming they saw wreckage of a spacecraft, others saying they saw military vehicles arrive quickly, cordon off the area, and descend on the wreckage. There were reports of soldiers removing what were described as aliens from the wreck and taking them away, along with the wreckage. Some said all this was recorded on video and photographs, which have never been revealed, while others suggested they were told to keep quiet. Other than the story of the three girls, the most interesting and tragic eyewitness account was that of the young police officer who touched one of the alleged aliens who had avoided being taken away by the military. 
Wow, that would be so scary. While collecting data and witnesses' accounts for the moment of contact, James Fox interviewed the sisters of Marcos Cherez, the police officer who was believed to have been infected after touching an alien. One of the theories Fox proposed at the time was that the aliens were ammonia-based beings rather than carbon-based because so many witnesses remembered the smell of ammonia around the crash site and even in the town where the aliens were seen. Now that makes sense. A lot of people think about if these things are extraterrestrial and they come from some other galaxy or whatever, even another dimension, it would make sense that they would not be carbon-based life forms if they're some sort of biological or maybe not even biological base. So they, that would present even more danger especially if they had some sort of, I mean, a common cold to them could be a deadly virus to us in much the same ways and we saw contact between whites and the Native Americans when they first came into South America and North America and the viruses like smallpox and measles got loose. It just devastated the Native population. You could see the same thing happen if we had contact with aliens. It could be the very same sort of thing. He says he believed... Fox proposed at the time that the aliens were ammonia-based beings rather than carbon-based because so many witnesses remember the smell of ammonia around the crash site in the town where the aliens were seen. He believed derivatives of the ammonia molecule, which are extremely toxic and easily absorbed through the skin, gut, and respiratory tract, could have infected and eventually killed Marco Shrees, whose cause of death was given as an unknown infection. The family of Marco Eli Shrees managed to have an inquiry opened by the local police precinct in order to establish an eventual medical responsibility for his death. At that time, searches seemed to be doomed to failure, but they are still underway at the present time. The parents did that because a few days after January 20th, a small tumor similar to a furuncle appeared under one of the armpits of Cherez. That tumor, according to what was learned at the time, would have been rapid, could have been rapidly extracted by the doctors in charge at the, very, at the very premises where he was serving. He knew today that nothing like that happened. Like, but what most drew the attention of the boy's family was the lack of information about his health condition and later about his tragic death. Even months after his burial, nobody knew exactly the cause of death. We can tell it's just a complete cover-up. In 2004... Sheriff's made a, family made an inquiry into his death. They found that the police superintendent, who was in charge in 1996, was not able to be present at Sheriff's autopsy despite demanding to be there. His presence was said to have been blocked by military police. They were finally able to see the autopsy, which revealed that Sheriff's had complained of a severe back pain after the alien encounter. The removal of the tumor under his arm did not help his condition, but instead he became paralyzed and infected with a fever, which required him to be taken to the hospital, Baum Pastor, where he remained confined and effectively isolated from his family until he died. No more was known about his death until James Fox interviewed Dr. Joda B.M. Janini, a forensic pathologist who examined Marco Ely Sheris. Uh, what a terrible thing to do to somebody. This poor young man, he goes out, he tries to be the hero here, he captures one of these things, he becomes deathly ill from it. They keep all the facts from his family, and then he dies alone, quarantined in this hospital. Just a tragic, tragic story. The stories about the bacteria I found on the body of the deceased military man, it was, a, a, it was like a lethal weapon for his immune system. 
According to James Fox, we are now back to some sort of mysterious bacterial infection killing Marco Cherez. However, this time we have the forensic pathologist who examined Marco L.A. Cherez and the actual autopsy, which he is seen holding in the tweet posted by Fox. In the same tweet, Fox said that Dr. Jahani is providing a report which Fox will publish. There is no word on whether the autopsy itself will also be released. Could the long-rumored videos and photos of the aliens and the wreckage be coming out next? I don't know, but if I was anyone that had this stuff, I would release it immediately, okay? They've already talked about investigators having their cars rammed on the highway, getting death threats, harassing phone calls. To me, this is not the kind of information that you want to tweet about and then maybe publish a year later. This is the kind of information that you want to release on every single social media platform you can find and then tweet about. I mean, I would want to get it out there before it made me a target. Just saying. It sounds like much progress is being made in exposing the truth about the Varjina incident. Roswell, Brazil's Roswell. Kudos to filmmaker and investigator James Fox for his determined work to find out and reveal the facts which have been suppressed for so long. We await his next report. You know, I have to say, c congratulations to Mr. Fox for digging into this so hard. What I see happening here, and this could be a glimmer of light, I see the United States, I mean, just to be political, it seems like they have gotten uh, so aggressive in their foreign policy stance with these endless wars uh, telling the rest of the world how to live. I'm starting to see pushback from many other countries. And I think part of the reason that people are pushing back is because they're just being fed up of being told what to do. And part of the reason they're, being, they're seeing this pushback is because uh, due to the corruption of the deep state, uh, they are really devaluing the U.S. currency so that the dollar doesn't have the power that it used to be. And so these foreign, these foreign nations, uh, they have probably a lot of pent-up uh, frustration and anger. They feel like they're being uh, maybe financially abused by the United States. Maybe they feel like they're being pushed around by them. And it's not about the, the U.S. people, say, or the U.S. population, but it's the deep state doing this. And they've created so much ill will that now at this particular time where the U.S. has started to be seen as a little bit weaker, it's almost as if some of these people are starting to have the courage to come out of the closet. They feel like they've been bullied by the U.S. to subvert this uh, UFO uh, data and information for decades. And now maybe some of these individuals are starting to have the courage. They see this as an opportunity to come forward and share their story. We can only hope that continues. But I would just say, if you're going to share your story, do it immediately. Don't tell people, hey, I've got this top secret information I'm going to release about a UFO event that happened in 1996. I mean, either tell or don't is what I would say. And I'm not telling anybody to break the law here. I'm just saying these like these folks in, in Varjina, by top secret, I mean information that the deep state's been trying to suppress for 25 years, not that it's classified or anything. Let's just be clear about that. But you can see what's happening all across the world here. People are starting to feel like, hey, maybe, maybe I do have the strength and the autonomy to come forward with my story and tell the truth about what happened. That's where we're probably going to get, if we're going to get disclosure, it's not going to be from the DOD or a congressional committee. It's going to be from a witness in some place like Virginia, uh, Brazil there, or maybe over in the Middle East somewhere. It's going to be some group of people that come forward with uh, 
hard evidence to show us, yeah, these things are real, this happened, this is how it was covered up. That's where your disclosure is going to come from. I think the disclosure is going to come from outside of the United States and outside of where maybe the deep state has complete control at. Until the next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out. Thank <music> you.